Well, guys, welcome to the uh, April uh, Youth Pastors Roundtable call. Uh, I can't believe it's April already. Uh, I know this is a busy season for everybody with camps coming up and uh, retreats and all that kind of stuff. And so uh, I know everyone's looking forward to um, what's coming up next and um, what's about to happen. So. So we will uh, get this started today. We're going to be talking with uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Pastor John, up in Wisconsin. And so he's got a great uh, topic for us today. But as always, guys, uh, feel comfortable. I know a lot of you guys got your coffee in front of you. You got your, your notes, and you're kind of uh, just kind of getting into the office, uh, especially the West Coast guys waking up early. So we appreciate you guys jumping on, um, especially early. Um, so, but today. We're going to uh, be talking about student leadership and uh, how to develop that culture, how to develop um, students, and uh, that's a huge part of youth ministry, and so we're going to be looking at that topic today. Uh, as always, uh, please write down your notes, uh, questions, things like that that you would like to ask John at the end, and we'll get to those uh, as soon as we can. Uh, a couple of announcements for you guys. We are still accepting applications for the fall, um, in August start. Uh, so if you've got any juniors or seniors or recent high school graduates that you'd be uh, interested in sending out uh, for some discipleship training, some college education, we would love to talk to them. You can check out our website. It's vleadership.tv, and you can send us information or any questions you have at info at victoryleadership.tv. We would love to host your students for a private tour. Come out, visit our campus, check out, um, meet some of our staff, things like that. Also, we had uh, text and emailed you guys about uh, if you guys wanted to continue the roundtable in the summer, and uh, it was a, a pretty loud yes. Uh, and so what we've decided to do is to keep going through the summer, and we have uh, a fantastic lineup for you guys this summer. Uh, and next month um, is going to be um, Andre Anderson going to be talking about uh, how to map out a full year of sermon preparation. So, Andre, why don't you go ahead and just share with us a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, we pretty much what I've learned is just being a creative guy and always having something going on in my head, I like to stay ahead of the game. And the more ahead I can be and if I can stay focused and if we can get everything you know out of the way with sermon prep, we're able to deal with, all the curveballs that we get, you know, the people acting a fool, the parents acting a fool, your pastor asking you to do 18 million things. If your sermons are on point, your series are on point, and your leadership is on point, you can handle those things with grace. And then be able to have creative elements that are actually kick butt, um, and you have a lot less stress on yourself. So we're going to kind of go through that, and I just want to be able to help resource those a lot of you guys so that we can stay ahead of the game and make sure that we're bringing more and more young people to Jesus. It's going to be a great call, again, mapping out a full year of sermon preparation all at one time. I know Andre's been helping guys out through the Anderson List, uh, and so if you have not checked out the Anderson List yet, please do. Uh, it's uh, andersonlist.com. You guys can get it, uh, more information there. But also, uh, the other speakers this summer, uh, we're going to be looking at how to deal with uh, kids that are cutting and uh, hurting themselves and, and gender issues as well as we're going to be looking at mapping out a full year of events. I know in the summer a lot of guys are looking ahead to the 
to the next school year and, and how do I map out um, the year and what should I have in the, the calendar and how do I do all that. And so uh, we're going to be bringing in um, Paul Turner, who's a good friend of mine, uh, and we're going to be talking about that. And so we will have all that information in an email sent out to you guys shortly, as well as on the website. We'll have all of that. And the website, again, is www.yproundtable.com. That's y proundtable.com. We'd love for you guys to join join that and check it out and make sure to check back because uh, we've got all the calls recorded from uh, this whole school year. Uh, you can go back and listen to Kevin Moore and you can listen to Landon Pickering and all those calls that we've had on there as well as um, all the calls that we're going to be having today and uh, in the future. So yeah, I don't want to take any more of John's time. And so I just want to, uh, for those of you guys that don't know John, he is a great friend. Uh, most of you guys probably know him as as at P. John. He is a uh, social media guru, uh, and I know he does a lot of teaching um, and training on uh, how to use social media, uh, and uh, we might have to get him back on a call uh, later to do that as well. Um, but uh, today's topic is, is not that, but he uh, is, is a great social media guy. He's been in youth ministry uh, so long that I think his first youth ministry uh, might have been uh, named Extreme Youth Ministry. Uh, he's been in the game for quite a while, uh, getting it going, and, and he is definitely a leader uh, in youth ministry. He speaks uh, all over the place um, to churches and youth ministries all around. Um, and so I would highly encourage you guys to connect with him um, on social media and uh, connect with him, uh, have him come out and speak at your church, uh, your camps, things like that. So, John, I don't want to take any more of your time. Uh, man, I really appreciate your friendship uh, over the years, and uh, I know you're going to make a huge investment into our lives today. So, John, uh, the table is yours, man. Go for it. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. Appreciate it, and uh, good to be with all of you guys today. Um, super honored, and I've uh, been a part of mentoring groups with Ryan, and and just love Ryan what you're doing. Just want to take a moment to appreciate you, and I think I speak for everyone on the call and everyone who listens up to the the call that's not on right now, but we'll listen to it later. Just thanks for investing in us, and uh, we know you got about a million things to do, and you're wearing like 50 hats and running and burning at all ends, and just the fact that you take time to. Um, just to help grow us as youth pastors is huge. So just thanks a lot for that. And, uh, man, I was looking at the lineup today because our staff meetings are during this time, so I get to go back and listen to to uh, a lot of the calls and need to even listen to more of them because uh, you've had uh, the banning on. You've had Carlos Whitaker, Landon Pickering, Mike Miller, Kevin Moore, Brandon Cormier, and I'm going, dear Lord, what am I doing on this call? So... Uh, just awesome, the, the, the guys that you've pulled in, the voices, and uh, the people that we get to learn from, and, and just appreciate that, man. So thanks for what you're doing to make this happen. Um, so uh, just in talking with Ryan, my, my task is to, to build, just talk you through, and, and I want it to be more of a conversation, obviously, um, but talking you through building a, leader, a student leadership culture. And the truth is, is that, uh, uh, well, first of all, I've just introduced myself. My wife and I have been at our church, as Ryan said, for quite a long time. We've been here for 15 years uh, this fall. 
and uh, it's our first and only church. And, and after 15 years of being here, we're still constantly in process on this subject. Building on student leadership culture is always in development. It's always in process. We, we don't have it all figured out uh, still to this day after 15 years in. I wish we did. I wish we could just have the manual written and handed out to all of you. But it's constantly changing, obviously, as student ministry is. And so um, these are just some of our best practices and some of the things we've tried and some of the things we've failed at and uh, some of the things we're still trying to figure out. So uh, hopefully this will help you, help you. But I wanted to talk a little bit of philosophy, and then I wanted to talk to you a little bit about some of our best ideas, best practices. Um, and this conversation really starts um, with just a word that God spoke to me, and I, and I, and I believe that it's, it's something that we all need to be challenged in. When I got into youth ministry, uh, I didn't have mentors. I didn't have a youth pastor that really believed in me. I grew up in a smaller church, smaller youth ministry. My youth pastor went to prison for doing stupid things and uh, with kids, with students. And uh, so it's not really a great spiritual legacy <laughs> to brag about. Um, but there was some great things that came out of it. And I, I, I definitely came into student ministry um, just wanting to make a difference like everyone does. I, I knew God had called me to student ministry. I had those moments where he had spoken to me at altars and camps and retreats and just even at school and, and clarified that calling. And so I was ready to be a giant slayer, man. I was ready to be a David and go and, and kill Goliath and, and slay giants. And I was ready to be used by God. And um, I wanted, wanted to you know, I wanted to change the world like all of us. We got into it for that reason, and it's all noble reasons. But the Holy Spirit really convicted me a couple of years ago and, and just challenged me on that specific subject. And uh, that's my challenge for us as we enter into this subject today is um, we need to – this is exactly what he spoke to me. I was reading through 1 Samuel 16, and uh, it's the passage where David – or where Samuel anointed David. And you know the whole story and, and probably have preached it a million times and – you know, Samuel, had, he went to anoint the next king of Israel, and he had a whole list of kind of qualifications and things that he was looking for, and, and the next king, probably not spoken, but in his mind, and what this looked like. Others, and, you know, seeing all these great king of Israel, and, uh, and he gets down and, and runs out of candidates, and the Holy Spirit still hasn't spoken to him, and he gets to David, you know, brings him in and ends up anointing him to be the king of Israel. And uh, the Holy Spirit just spoke to me, uh, just this simple word, you need to stop praying, God make me a David, God make me a giant slayer, and you need to start praying the prayer, God make me a Samuel to the Davids. And so I think, you know, all of us in this call are, are different varying degrees of of leadership, right? Different, you know, some of us are new in the game and some of us have been in the game for a while. But this is a great reminder for me, 15 years in, and, and a great reminder for all of us. We need to change our prayers. We need to say, God, make me a Samuel to the Davids. May I see the potential and the greatness in every student, not just because they're a great athlete or because they're a great mathlete or because they're a great you know, fine arts participant or, or they're an amazing preacher. But, God, I want to see greatness in even the students that, nobody, that everybody passes up and everybody passes by. I want to be a Samuel to the Davids. I want to call out the greatness and anoint people for greatness and make it less about me and more about those that are coming up underneath me. And I want them to stand on my shoulders. You've heard the quote before probably that we get to be the shoulders that the conversation is about. 
it's about being Samuels to David's and about our ceiling being their floor. And I think with student leadership so often, you know, this is kind of one of those conversations that probably uh, the reason why I chose it is because it's kind of become a dinosaur. It's kind of back when I first started, probably about, actually, you know, about five years in, about 10 years ago, student leadership was like the topic of conversation in student ministry. Um, Ministry has a little bit, and I hear a lot of churches that are killing it, all the student ministries that we kind of look at as the ministries to follow, right? And I don't need to name any of them, but you you know and follow a lot of them on Instagram. They have like 50 million interns, and they got, you know, ministry colleges like Ryan Latham does. And, you know, we look at them and go, oh, man, if I could have those many leaders and I could have, and I'm not knocking on that um, at all. If I could have a ministry college and if I could have all those interns and, you know, then we could do great things. And I think we kind of, look at those ministries and want to do that and we forget about the leaders that we have the Samuel or the Davids that we have underneath us in our student ministry right now that are untapped potential and so I I just think that we don't expect a lot of teenagers a lot of a lot of this culture's way and and we know this as youth ministers um, as youth pastors but this culture oftentimes just has massively low expectations, right? They're just consumers. This is a, the teen years, the, the, this stage of life is a vacation from all responsibility, right? This is the time where they get to kick back, relax, and enjoy life and do absolutely nothing with their lives. And I think we need to expect bigger of them. We need to, have, we need to, to help them to see that they're not just a consumer. They're not just somebody who's on a vacation from all responsibility, but there's something greater that God has for their life. And so student leadership is about that. Another thing is student leadership is super hard. I think that's another reason why so many youth ministries have kind of forgotten about it or just kind of see it as like a secondary deal is uh, because, you know, it, it really does take a lot more time. It takes probably two or three times longer than it would take to do ourselves or with intern teams or adult leadership teams. But I believe that it's worth it. It's, it's worth the investment. It's worth us fighting through the work and the, and the discipline of it to, to develop leaders. And so really student leadership culture is about developing in a leadership culture. And um, another just, just quick uh, personal story, um, and we'll jump into the practice here, but I want to talk philosophy a lot because I think this is huge for us. We need to know the why behind the what. We don't just need to plug and play, you know, Ryan Latham's best student ministry practices or John Brown's best uh, student leadership practices into our, into our student ministries because they do it, we're going to do it. We need to know why we do it, and we need to have the heart and the philosophy. And I was watching actually – March Madness uh, several years ago, and they were just talking about Hoop Dreams. Any of you remember the, the movie Hoop Dreams, or maybe that's just for old guys like me, but in the 80s, um, the movie uh, Hoop Dreams, and they are talking about AAU developmental leagues, and they were just talking about their recruitment process for college basketball and how it starts in, in fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, and some of these developmental know like they're just melting pots of incredible basketball talent. And um, I'm listening to this, and I'm like literally watching. I'm, I'm, I'm loving March Madness, but I'm tearing up as I'm watching this going, we've gotten it wrong as the church. 
Like, we have gotten it wrong. I'm looking at what the, what the NCAA is doing, and I'm going, my goodness, we need to be on this better. We need to do something different. We need to start so much sooner. We need to look at where the pockets of great leaders are, not starting in middle school or not starting when they're – and a lot of us, we start doing this process of student leadership when – well, that's for the juniors and the seniors. If we even have anything, it, it, it's probably starting as juniors and seniors. We need to start, I believe, in fourth or fifth grade or sooner. And, um, and so this me, and I started reflecting on one of the greatest, uh, some of our greatest years in student ministry. Um, I, I got to be a part of um, uh, just a, a camp that our students were helping do. I was speaking at a camp, and our student leaders were a part of the ministry teams, and our old kids pastor came in. Uh, he was in the area, and he, he decided to stop in. And he had this moment. He was one of my good buddies. He had this moment as he was watching the service and watching our student leadership team do ministry uh, alongside of the ministry that I was uh, um, leading that particular day. And he just he just lost it in that moment. He's like, my goodness, these were a part of, we, we had a student leadership group for kids ministry, and it was called PIT Crew, or Pastors in Training. That was, oh, the acronyms from the 90s is, is awesome. And, uh, and this student leadership team was a part of the kids ministry, and every single one of the students that was up on the stage that were our core student leaders had been a part of his PIT Crew except for one. And there was about 15 of them that I had taken on this particular trip. And it, and it, again, brought me back to those moments of what God spoke to me as I was watching the, the basketball tournament. And this is kind of where our philosophy has begun to really develop out of, is to say, what if we had conversations with our current kids' pastor and we started recognizing talent, being Samuels to the Davids, as students are in third and fourth and fifth grade. And what if we started developmental leagues in third, fourth, and fifth grade, right? And then, and then that student leadership culture started then, so we could begin to recognize the gifts inside of them, recognize the Davids that are right in front of us, and they're being developed. And then as they go in, and so we're, we're working on this currently. Again, this is de- building a student leadership culture. So we're still in the process of building, and I think we'll always be in the process of building. Um, but sixth through eighth grade leadership, student leadership, that there would be a developmental. We need so many of us forget about middle schoolers. We just don't expect much of them, right? And we think that they're they're just kids that cut up and they don't have they have short ast- attention spans and they don't have much to offer. But again. We're like David. We walk right by the people that God has called us to. We, we miss out on the people that are right in front of us because we're looking to these older students that seem to have it all together. And we, we look to the influencers when there's sixth, seventh, and eighth graders right in front of us that we should be developing. And what happens when we develop them in sixth, seventh, and eighth grade? They become amazing leaders in their ninth through twelfth grade years. And so having a next level, ninth through twelfth grade student leadership, and then the, the, the highest level that, that we have even currently is 11th through 12th grade student leadership, which is really student leaders leading student leaders. Um, we call them squads, and so our student leadership team right now currently is just 9th through 12th grade. We're working on the 6th through 8th grade team and the 4th and 5th grade team. Um, but those 11th and 12th graders lead squads. They're squad leaders. So we've broken our student leadership team into groups of about five or six. 
and those squad leaders, those 11th and 12th graders, are leading the, their squads. And so what they're doing is they're developing them, they're discipling them, they're, they're leading teams in areas of ministry. Again, we're not passing that off to adult leaders and, and interns, but we're passing that off to students so they own guest services or they own the worship team or they own the tech team. And, and, and we have several teams, and we're developing those teams out, but those student leaders those 11th and 12th grade students are leading whole ministry teams and then are responsible for student leaders underneath them that they're developing. And so that's kind of the developmental league system that we're working on and putting into place. And I believe it starts much sooner than probably a lot of us are even thinking. Maybe you didn't come on the call expecting that today, but I'm going to challenge your paradigm a little bit and push you to think way sooner and, and begin to develop. So I am excited to hear from you and what a lot of you have in place. But one of the things that we're kind of working on as a church is age groups serving one down. So, for example, our college age um, would serve our high school students and our high school students would serve our middle school students and our middle school students would serve our elementary students. And so that leadership concept, that developmental is, is something that we're working on putting into place across all age groups of our church and serving one down. And so um, our, our high school, our ninth, 10th, 11th and 12th grade high school student leaders run our middle school service on Sunday mornings. They, run, they do the games on the stage. They run the, the guest services. They run the check-in. They, so we don't just sit in a classroom for student leadership. Jesus didn't do it that way, right? Jesus was in the trenches. He taught his disciples for three years straight by doing ministry with them. And so student leadership for us is our high school student leaders serving and running our middle school service on Sunday. Of course, they also own and help run our high school service. But their primary responsibilities, their big responsibilities, really. And so this last Sunday, guess who was leading the life groups? Yes, we had high school, we had adult and and college and young adult leaders helping lead those groups, those small group discussions. But we were giving that ownership and that leadership over to our high school student leaders, so they were leading those conversations and and having a big part of that, because we believe that the best training happens in the trenches, and so. Um, that's something that, again, we don't have perfect. We don't have it all figured out. We're still working out the kinks of all of that, and it's a constant development for us. But I, t- I tell you what, I like it a lot better than what we used to do five years ago where they'd sit in the classroom and take notes, and, and now we're doing it with them. And, and that's a huge responsibility of ours, right? Ephesians four twelve through 16, to fully equip and perfect the saints or God's people for the works of service to build up the body of Christ or to... To, to build up the body of Christ to a position of strength and maturity. So we are called to equip these middle and high school students to build up the church, to serve the church, to bring the church to a position of strength and maturity. And that's really what student leadership is about for us. It's equipping them to do the work of the ministry. I think a lot of student leadership groups that I've seen in the past and, and, and just around me right now, I mean, there's a lot of great teaching. I don't know if there's a lot of great equipping. And so um, that's something that, that we're really working on developing right now. And so one of, the, one of the things that this is now practice, going into practice here, um, that is messing with, with my brain and, and kind of where I'm living at right now as we're in the process of developing our student leadership to the next level 
is this quote from John, Ken- John F. Kennedy, a rising tide raises all ships. Uh, you've probably heard that before in regards to leadership. A rising tide raises all ships. And so we are wanting to raise the ships in specifically in all areas of leadership across our church. But and since we're talking about student leadership, how do we rise or raise, I'm sorry, the student leadership? How can we rise? We're, we're breaking it down into four levels, and you can steal all of this and call it your own. I'm, I'm good with that. Um, and, and then develop it so it's awesome, and then bring it back to us so that we can even develop ours better, our brains working together. But, uh, so there's four areas, raising the level or raising the ships. We're going to raise the level of mentorship. I'll give you all four, and then I'll come back to them. So uh, all of these are, are a different kind of ship. Mentorship, discipleship, ownership, and apprenticeship. Mentorship, discipleship, ownership, and apprenticeship. And so in the area of mentorship, um, we want all of our student leaders to have a mentor, at least one, and we're going to challenge them to have three. So who's mentoring them? Because we, it, mentorship raises our leadership levels, right? Mentorship raises the tide of leadership in our lives. So we be, I have three at any given time. I always try and have three mentors pouring into me as a leader people that speak into my life and take me to the next level. And so we want to challenge them to have one to three mentors in their life. Not only do they need to raise the tide of leadership in their own lives, but they need to raise the tide of leadership below them. So they need to be a mentor to someone. And so we're challenging them not only to have mentorship, but to, to be a mentor. And so that's, this is literally, we haven't even taught this to our student leaders. That's Part of this Sunday, it's going to be a teaching that we're doing with them. And this whole summer is going to be about those four areas. We're taking a month each to develop each of those four areas. So May, June, July, and August, we're hitting all four and raising the, the, the tide or raising all ships. So, so that's mentorship. Discipleship is raising our love and passion for God levels. So who, who's discipling you and who are you discipling? That's the question we're asking. Who's discipling you and who are you discipling? We want to not just raise their leadership as student leaders. We want to raise their discipleship, their love and their passion, their fire for God. So we need to raise the levels of discipleship. And, and then the third one, ownership. We want them to own the ministry, right? You don't, you don't when you get a rental car, you don't wash that car. You don't bring it for oil changes. You don't do any of that junk. Why? Because it's not yours. You don't own it. And so I think a lot of times with student leadership, we don't give students a chance to own the ministry. We just tell them what to do and we give them roles and responsibilities, but they don't own it. So we want our student leaders to own the ministry. They have to. Own, so we give them ownership, right? This is your area. You don't just help us run guest services. That's what we call it. That's our, you know, our, our VIP area. That's our taking care of our guests from the doors to the, the goodbye and try and have seven touch points for that. Um, but it, we, we're not just telling you what to do, show up and we tell you what to do. No, you own this. This is yours. This is your ministry. You're helping build the teams, recruit the people. And so raising the levels of ownership of our youth ministry we want them not just to own our youth ministry, though, right? Because if we're, they're going to graduate from high school and all they own is our youth ministry, then we missed it. We want them to own our church. So what areas are you owning in our church? And that's part of serving one ministry down. So as middle schoolers, they're owning the kids' ministry. Um, 
and, and when we have student leaders serving on our Saturday night service and our Sunday services and the tech teams all over the place, uh, we encourage that and uh, we push them for that. We don't want them just to be consumers. We want them to be owners. And then also owning their schools and, and so raising the level of ownership above and below them. And then the last one, apprenticeship. What's an apprentice? Uh, it's somebody who learns a trade, right? So we want them to teach an apprentice, someone in their trade. So that's where the squad leaders come in. They, uh, and, and, and as they lead and own an area of ministry, um, like guest services or like the tech team or they run the lights or they run the sound, they're always constantly apprenticing someone below them. But they're also constantly being apprenticed by someone above them. So we're not just going to – and you know the levels of mentorship and apprenticeship, right? There's um, I do, you watch, and we do together, and then you do, I watch, and then you do, right? Those are the four levels. And so apprenticeship is really about taking those four areas and modeling that, allowing them to own it, um, allowing them to learn it under our guidance and tutelage, and then so they're constantly – so we don't have – that's the one – Places in student ministry. I love student ministry and I hate student ministry for this reason, right? You, you develop them up and they hit junior, senior year and your youth ministry is firing on all cylinders and you are just slaying it. You're killing it. Everything is going good and then they graduate. Dear Lord, what are we going to do now, right? Our worship team just took a dive bomb because all of our amazing student leaders just graduated or our guest services is struggling right now. This helps fill that problem. No more gaps, no more holes to fill because they've apprenticed over the course of seven years, apprentice people underneath them. And so you don't have those gaps because it's a constant culture of apprenticeship. Come on, somebody. I'm going to get myself excited right now. Um, and so those levels of raising those ships, mentorship, discipleship, ownership, and apprenticeship is what, where we are living right now. And uh, maybe that can be helpful to some of you. And it's all for this reason, which I mentioned earlier, Ephesians 4, 12 through 16. I'm just going to read through that passage really quick because it, it is the biblical foundation for not, not just a John F. Kennedy quote that we're basing this off of. This is God's word. I'm going to read through it really quick. To fully equip and perfect the saints or our students, God's people, for works of service. We're equipping them to serve to build up the body of Christ, to build up the church, to position the church for strength and maturity. That's what this is all about, equipping them for, so that they can build the church, so they can serve the church for strength and maturity. And so that's our responsibility. I think so often we get students to show up and we're great at events and we're great at all those things, but are we doing this? This is our mandate. It's a biblical mandate to fully equip, not partially equip, not kind of sort of equip in student ministry because they help run an event or two, to fully equip. And why? Verse 13, so that they can become fully mature followers. If, we, if we're wondering why we have a problem with students graduating from their faith when they hit college, it's because we did not fully equip them so they can become fully mature followers standard of Christ is what verse 13 says. And then in verse 14, then they will no longer be, in, I'm paraphrasing right now, then they're not going to any longer be immature like children. No more prolonged infancies, the message translation says. And I think that's part of the problem is they hit the teen years and then they live up to the cultural expectations and we feed into that. And there's prolonged infancies and we wonder why they're so immature. We wonder why we're part of the problem. And, and it says, 
goes on to say, so they won't be like ships. Oh, there it is again, tossed around and influenced by every wave of sorts of you know bad and false teachings. They're not going to be tossed around like ships anymore. But they're the rising tide raises all ships. They're, the tide's going to be raised instead of them being tossed around in the waves. And so um, that's part of our job. And uh, verse 15, instead they're going to grow up and in every way, in every way, I love that. Man, that'll preach. In every way become a part of the body of Christ. Man, this is like if we could get this scripture, this would be the solving of the problem that we have and the gap from high school into college and so many graduating from their faith because this is what it's all about. Instead, they will grow up in every way and become a part of the body of Christ. So, um, man, I love that. And that's really the heart um, behind student leadership. There's some of the practice. And then I want to share real quick um, to close out, and then we'll go right into the Q&A time. But some of our best student leader ideas and practices, um, because I, I'm like all of you, I love all of that, but give me some great ideas that I can steal and that we can apply in our context. And so I'm just going to throw out a bunch of things that we've tried over the 15 years of being here. And, uh, and there's some of our best practices, and hopefully some of these will be great for you. And some of them are new and some of them are old. Um, some of them are, we're still doing from, you know, long ago from the old school days. Um, but one of the things is uh, for us, student leadership is by application only. So I know there's all sorts of philosophies on that, and youth pastors grab, you know, kids and say, hey, I see greatness in you. I'm going to be a Samuel to the Davids. You're awesome. And oftentimes we grab the rock stars and we miss out so many times on the kids that maybe are in the hiding and, and because we're just going for the rock stars. And so this allows us, and the way that we do it is uh, our life group leaders recommend and call out that greatness. So we empower our life group leaders to be Samuels to the Davids. And so they call out greatness and challenge and encourage and hand out applications at any, at any time. There's no like, hey, we start in September and that's the only time you can jump in. At any time, they can recommend and hand an application to. We constantly remind them of this and call out that greatness, become a Samuel to the David. So application only and recommended through our life group leaders. Um, another couple, these are brand new ideas as well that we're trying that helps the culture. You know, culture is, is something that we build by having great systems, right? So we have to develop systems in order to give students more opportunities to give ownership and apprenticeship. And so a um, couple of ideas that we came up here recently with is we want to we empower and equip students to be great communicators of the gospel. So we have to build a system for that. So we're not going to necessarily hand the mic off for them to preach every single week, or sometimes we'll have high school student leaders preach in middle school service. Um, we also do a student takeover where the graduates take over the whole service. We did that more often than just a couple times a year. So what we developed is something called fire sessions. And fire sessions, just getting to preach fire, right? And dump this on them. We, we delegate. We help develop them as communicators. And we teach them and walk along with them and, and spend a lot of time with them in the shadows um, working with them on their message and the development of their message and what they want to say and how to hone that down and what to cut. And then we give them a five-minute window in service to just preach. And so we're calling that fire sessions, and we're, we're using emojis for all of these three areas that I'm going to mention to you. But fire sessions is something we haven't done yet, 
but we're going to do starting this May. So another one uh, section that we're doing, another way, because not every student is called to preach, um, but we're doing, it's called My Story. And we're doing um, probably about twice a month, um, we're doing live and video stories, basically students' testimonies. We want to tell as many stories as possible. And this comes from our pastor who said he wants to tell uh, around 200 stories a year in our church. And we said we owned that vision, and we said we want to be telling 100 of those stories. And we want to tell them as much as we can, as many times. And so our job really as, as leaders is to become story collectors. And I've charged that to our staff, our team, and our leaders. We are, our job is to become story collectors. You hear someone's story at the altars or at the response time, collect that story, write it down, bring it to us. We're going to collect those stories, and we're going to tell as many stories as much as possible. And so that, that section is called My Story, and we want students telling their stories. That's, again, giving students ownership, expecting more out of them. And then the last part is uh, something that we're calling major keys. And so we're giving them basically kind of like the giving key necklaces uh, or chains. Um, we're giving those, uh, and it's called the, the Major Keys Award, and we're just calling out students that are getting it done, students that are serving, students that are in the trenches, students who are leading other students. We're rewarding what we want to be repeated because what we reward gets repeated. And so we're calling them out on stage in front of everyone for the greatness that we see and the things that they're doing, and we're calling them out not just uh, on the stage but in social media, and then we're uh, rewarding them or awarding them with just this, this key that, that uh, honors them. We'll, we'll put a word on that key that has what we see in them, the greatness. We're, again, being Samuels to the David, so we're calling out the greatness that we see in them, and we'll customize those, customize those for each student. So we're calling that major keys. Um, we also do in student leadership something we called uh, something we call the the Starbucks Step Up Award or the um, the Dunkin' Dominate Award. We give them a Starbucks gift card or a Dunkin' Donuts gift card, uh, and we reward them in front of student leaders for the the things that they're doing. And we just every every time we meet with those student leaders, we do that at least for one or two students. And uh, so super fun. We meet with our student leaders in a more classroom type setting once a month from one o'clock to three thirty on Sundays and so that's a way to help continue to develop those four ships that we talked about um, and and that's really uh, the kind of the teaching time to put feet or to put teaching to the the feet that we give them in, in their roles and in, in student leadership so um, so those those three are, are brand new we haven't used them you can use all of those for your student ministry or develop them or make them your own um, a couple other ideas, we have our, our student leadership, our high school student leadership help lead middle school small groups. Our middle school student leaders will help lead the kids services and kids small groups. Um, those are some best practices. We also use our student leaders, leaders to help brainstorm. Uh, we do brainstorm sessions or storm sessions with our student leaders for camps and for events. And we do what we call post-it note brainstorming. We give them two minutes, get them up in clusters or in their squads. And then they come up with as many ideas as they can. For example, the summer camp gaming. you got two minutes. Everything you can possibly think of, put one idea per Post-it note. And then the groups at the end present their Post-it notes. And then we, we get ideas, amazing ideas from our student leaders during those. And gives them ownership. Um, and we usually pick five or six areas of camp or an event that they help brainstorm. And we always tell them, we're not necessarily going to use these, but let's go crazy and think of crazy ideas. And then another thing that we do is we'll steal them away. 
Um, we, we like to believe that because they're serving in student leadership, they're family, we want to create a family environment, and we want to give them perks. There's perks to being a student leader. So just this last January, we stole them away, and they thought they were coming for student leadership, but we took them on a mystery um, tour, and we loaded them up in vans, and we took them out to one of the families that our church has this amazing house that has a movie theater, um, like the kind that see, you used to see on MTV Cribs. And uh, they have a movie theater in their basement. They have a swimming pool. They have an indoor volleyball, basketball court. And we just had several hours of fun. We fed them Buffalo Wild Wings. And we just, just played volleyball or volleyball together. Um, we watched a movie together in the basement and had, like, movie popcorn and, and all sorts of candy and snacks and, and gourmet sodas and just, like, just surprised the junk out of them blessed them and gave them perks for what they do and so we'll we'll steal them away a couple times a year Um, another thing that we've done that's been wildly successful is a student leadership retreat to start the fall and maybe like a one-day retreat in the springtime those are amazing because it helps set the tone for the year and really raises the level of the ships and then another great practice that we did was the Cazone experience uh, we took Craig Rochelle's Kazone Experiences book, an online experience for students, and that really helps them discover not just their spiritual gifts, but their passions, because we want them to know exactly what God has hardwired them for. And so it, it combines three co-joining circles of spiritual gifts, their values, and then their mission statement, and they develop this as Young people, can you imagine if a 6th, 7th, and 8th grader developed their mission statement and their values? Holy cow. I mean, that's, talk about unleashing the potential that's inside of them and not, them not just being a consumer and, anymore, but them knowing exactly what they're created for and understanding their spiritual gifts. And this helps us to place them in squads and on teams so we know exactly what they're wired for. We're not just plugging holes with them, but we're placing them in their God-given area they're god's bullseye for their life and so that cause experience i would recommend we've also done the book do hard things some book and then also help i'm a student resources to go through with student leadership i recommend even doing books sometimes with them and would love to even hear what resources maybe you guys have used so that's my that's everything i got um um on this subject and so want to kick it back to ryan um, for Q&A time. John, that was fantastic, man. Um, guys, we're going to go ahead and jump into the Q&A session. And uh, if you guys have a question that you would like to ask, go ahead and hit star six. Go ahead and hit star six, and you will get in line, and then we'll get to you guys uh, in the order in which you guys uh, get in there. But, John, as we wait for them to get in there, one of the things that uh, I hear you talking about a lot is how much your staff works together. Um, and so could you speak into that a little bit, just kind of um, how your staff works together? I mean, working with the um, kids' ministry, working with the college ministry, um, how do you develop that? Uh, maybe some tips for guys that maybe haven't been at their church for 15 years, you know, and kind of how do you, how do you bring that culture into maybe a church that doesn't really have that culture? Um, maybe you can just kind of speak into that a little bit for us. Um, and I need to unmute you. Hold on one second. Awesome. All right, yeah, there you man, go, John. That's a, that's a great question. 
I think it starts with a long-haul mindset. If you're only planning on being there for a year to two years, and I don't think most people say, yeah, that's all I'm going to be here for. But if you're not committed to the long haul, then you can't have that culture. I'm just saying you can't have your cake and eat it too. Um, You have to be committed to the long haul. We committed here. We knew we gave a commitment to our pastor that at least 10 years, and we've surpassed that now and going into our 15th year. Um, And I think that really we are reaping the rewards and benefits of that culture. We get to see students that are influencing in Hollywood right now and students that are serving at Hillsong Church and at Church, in the Mo- Church on the Move. And we get to see students serving all over the country uh, as missionaries and, and outside the country because we've been here for the long haul. It has nothing to do with us. We just get to be a part of it because we've committed to the long-haul journey of youth ministry. So I think it starts, Ryan, with that. I mean, I don't know how else we, we could see that culture of leadership. But, again, you think about it. You ask that question, think about it. Those students that started, I have one particular student, his name's Aaron. He started, he was one of my first middle schoolers when we launched the middle school ministry here at the church um, all those years ago. He was the kid making armpit farting noises in the middle of worship. I mean, I'm not joking you, dead serious. We had 12 kids at our first middle school night when we launched it, and he was down front doing this, and I'm like, dear Lord, what did I get myself into? I did not sign up for this, man. I signed up to change the world, not to change middle schoolers' behavior, right? And this is, what am I doing? And, and you know what Aaron's doing now? Aaron's called to be a missionary, He's helping us launch our young adults ministry, and he's going to be the one. We've taken, Aaron's been on probably about, I'm not joking you on this, probably about 10 missions trips with us um, over the course of his time. And he is going to, eventually, his heart is to take over uh, the development of the missions department here and taking people on short-term missions trips. And he's helping start that with the young adult ministry. So because I was part of Aaron's life as a sixth grader, um, now Aaron is, and, I, and I, I take no credit for this, but I've gotten to be a part of this and help develop him. He was part of all of our student leadership teams. He's been on every missions trip we've offered. And so Aaron's heart as a leader was developed out of what we began to give him opportunities to do as a sixth grader. So that culture starts, and I could tell story after story after story of that culture, but our leaders, we just, we just did an honoring for our, our new young adults pastor who's been on staff with us for five years in the youth ministry. And it's so cool because all of the student leaders that, that were part of his small group and then were a part of our student leadership team are all leading our small groups now. So our leadership team consists of students that were part of our student ministry. Again, that only happens when you have a long-haul mentality and say, I'm in it for the long haul, and I'm here to be a part of developing that culture. And you have to be patient. It takes time. It's hard, stinking work. But it is so, so worth it. And I hope that answers your question, Ryan. Yeah, absolutely it does. So let's jump in uh, 405. I think it's Levi. Yeah. Um, hey, I just wanted to share a, a quick thing that's working on our culture and then uh, follow, up, follow that up with a, a question, John. Thanks so much for your insights. Uh, it's been, been really incredible. I'm here at Victory with um, Ryan. I'm right down the hall. I think I can hear him. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, but um, we, um, we really, I think if we were to put ourselves in, in your list of uh, mentorship, discipleship, ownership, and apprenticeship, we're hanging out on discipleship right now. Um, I'm new to role here and kind of 
rebuilding that culture. Um, and so I know that language is a huge part of culture. Um, and so we've really just latched on to uh, 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, Paul saying, follow me as I follow Christ. And so we've just made it a, a rule um, from adult leadership all the way down to student leadership, middle school, high school, everyone. Everybody's got to have a Paul and everybody's got to have a Timothy. And how helpful language can be, how, how much language can impact culture, because everybody who's your Timothy, um, in language or other language, but language is super helpful. Um, with that, um, what the, the students are really latching a hold of that and really finding other students to invest in. Um, you know, I've got, you know, eighth graders who are starting to pour into sixth graders, which is super exciting uh, to see. Um, but it's almost been harder for my adult leaders to, to really figure out how to get into students' lives. Um, especially those that are maybe above the 30 mark who are, you know, 15 years detached from the high school experience. Um, do you have any insights or best practices on really how I can equip my adult leaders to, to, to just get in there? Yeah, that's good, man. And, and I, would, I would say we have the same, and I think probably across to all, uh, all of the, <laughs> probably everyone that's part of this um, call, we we all probably have that same challenge. I think some of that has to do just with the age gap, maybe their own feelings of inadequacy, um, feeling like they don't know how to connect. And uh, the best thing I can say, a couple things. Number one, obviously they have to see it modeled in front of them by you, and if you're in it for the long haul, they do see it modeled. But I think some of it is too, maybe, maybe some of them aren't necessarily wired to do that, but you, if you use them in their gifting, they could pour into your young adult leaders and model for them. So again, everyone kind of serves one down beneath them. Maybe some of your 30-plus or 30-ish leaders can be poured into your young adult leaders and developing and discipling and spending time with them so your young adult leaders are better equipped to pour into your younger students. I'm not saying that's the way it is all the way across the board or you shouldn't expect that of them to pour into students. I'm just saying maybe you go with the flow and you utilize them better. And, and you know as well as I do, our young adult leaders need that. I mean, sometimes they're all over the board, and sometimes their standards need help, and sometimes they need discipleship just as much as our students do. Maybe not sometimes, maybe a lot of times. And so, man, if, you're, if your group is anything like ours, even our ministry college students, they need that. They crave that. They need spiritual parents. They need mentors. And so I would just say don't fight against the flow, but maybe go with the flow and utilize them to a greater degree. And I think that will also spark and help them. But we have a couple of really great 30-ish leaders, and so they really set the bar high. And, and I would even call out maybe some of those that you see are really doing a good job and keep rewarding what you want to be repeated. And I would say that's going to raise the level of ships um, for all the other leaders that are in that same age category. So. All right, let's uh head over to uh seven or sorry, three one seven area code. Hello, are you there? Three one seven? Hey, sorry about that. Um I just moved here and so three one seven is kind of like still new to me. Um, my <laughs> name is Anna. Um What's up, um, Anna? Uh, nothing, just listening in, and um, I was one of um, P. John's students, and now I'm a youth pastor, and so just being able to affirm and attest to all that he's teaching on, it's real, it's not 
uh, just a cool talk. Uh, it's the reality I lived in for seven years, and now I'm trying to implement here in my student ministry. So it's a cool, cool uh, change of events for me to try to do what I learned. So um, we don't have student leadership at to start that, but kind of not really in the culture. So you talked about really pushing um, applications. How would you, I don't know, if it, it's not necessarily that's something that's cool yet, so how do you make it something that's desirable for students to apply to, if that makes sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the way that I would do that, just thinking just off the cuff, um, is I would probably do a teaching on a Wednesday night or a series on that. Um, I would cast vision because people don't get around something that they don't see. You, you see something, Anna, that they've never seen before. Uh, you've been a part of it. It's been a part of your life. So you see it. What your job is as a guide is to help them see what they can't see. And so um, I think that the key to that is, is through a teaching series and casting vision um, and you want all of your student leaders and adult leaders to catch the vision, I believe, at the same time. I might start with our adult leadership team, helping them catch the vision. Um, I would even do it in one-on-one -on -one conversations with student leaders. I think ones that I you know, specifically feel like the Holy Spirit is calling me to be a Samuel to. Um, I'll take them out to coffee, um, or I'll take them out to lunch or I'll pull them out aside on a Sunday and I'll just say, man, this is something that God's really been stirring in my heart and this is a vision that I know he's called us forward to and I just feel like God's calling me to ask you to be a part of it and help them catch it, the catch it one-on-one, -on -one, catch it with your leadership team because they have to catch it and see it like you see it and then with your students um, as a whole, the whole group because you want everyone to be able to catch it, not just certain students. And you're, the Holy Spirit's going to surprise you with some people that you weren't even thinking about. So that's why I think the whole group needs to hear it. So that's my quick answer. Cool. Thank you. All right. I think this is uh, Heath. Hold on. John, what's going on, brother? What's up, man? Not too much. Not too much. Hey, um, my question, you know, this may be something you already, you may have already covered in the first half of the call. I wasn't able to jump on until about 10.30 or so. So if, it, if this is something you're repeating yourself on, I apologize to everybody else. Uh, so this, this, this question is, like, totally selfish. So anyway, uh, hey, um, my question is, is, like, when it comes to, like, leadership and uh, stuff that you have to do with, like, just personal conduct and stuff like that, like, what's your process for accountability with the students and, like, how do you handle – uh, conduct situations, whether it be, for example, like posting things on social media or just rumors that are spreading about your student that's on leadership, if that makes sense. Yeah. Dude, such a great question and so relevant to all of us, right? We've all had those issues um, ex ex and exactly the ones that you mentioned <laughs> um, and recently. So, dear Lord, we love student leadership, but it has all sorts of challenges with it. So Absolutely. Um, but yeah, man, the social media one, um, I, I, we call them out. You know, we, we tell them that by signing up and it's part of the application process that they mm -hmm. are now submitting themselves to leadership and to greater accountability. We expect more of you. 
Others may, you know, this, you know, this is from mom, from Jeannie. Others yeah. may, and I may not. So we just, that's the way we set it up. We just, you you, we're going to call you out on your junk. We're going to call you on anything and everything. You have now submitted yourself. Uh, your, so we just keep hammering. You, by signing this, you're giving us permission to do that. So don't be surprised. Don't be hurt. Don't be frustrated. Like, this is just part of it. And, and you are saying, yes, I want this in my life. So that's a big part of it, just the agreement on the front end. We actually have them sign a covenant, just like we do with our leaders, yes. lifestyle covenant, that just says this, these are the things that I'm going to follow and live by. Some of it is the social media posting, and, and again, that covenant is them kind of signing over to us that, that they agree to submit ourselves. Um, you know, kind of one of the teachings we've done with that is that when um, Peter with the nets, and, he, you know, he says, Lord, we've been fishing all night, but if you say so, I will. And so it's kind of that we're giving, those student leaders are giving us, if you say so, power in their lives. So, um, so yeah, so we'll call them out. And um, kind of the way that we operate is uh, just by the kind of the three-strike rule, we give them grace. We walk alongside of them. We'll take them out. Like, for example, a, a specific student leader where that happened, we'll, we will sit down and meet with them, call them on that behavior of social media posting, and, and give them a warning. We also like to involve their parents in the process of that. And so mom and dad will be a part of that conversation, and, hey, you know, this is important. And we let the students know that up front. Um, and so... Then we call them on that behavior, and we give them a break of some sorts. Um, there's no, like, set amount of time. Sometimes we've just said, you know, it's a week because they're fully repentant. Sometimes it's been indefinitely. Like, it might 